Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Just after 2 p.m. here on a Wednesday, October 4th in Richmond, Virginia. We're live and local here on The Fan Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. Just search 910 The Fan to hear the show. Gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, pick up right where you left off. We still got a lot to get to here on the final hour of the show. NFL hits. I'm going to rank every game for this weekend, and I'll give out AWOD's certified game of the week, guaranteeing this game will be enjoyable for football fans across the country. But right now, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our former boss here at 910 The Fan, now a big shot in Michigan, Greg Henson. What's going on? What's up, Awad? How are you, baby? I- I'm doing good, man, and you got to meet my new producer now. Sneaky has left the building, and in comes Stubb. Christopher is known as Stubb. Where, where, where'd you find him? He's a hokey. <laughs> Is he is he a member of the AWOD army as well? Oh, he's all in. He's oh, all, all in. in. All in. He's he's been doing his homework and uh, he's been really doing a good job contributing to the show. I'll tell you though, uh, he's a hokey. It cracks me up because nothing better than watching the bad hokies kick the hell out of Pitt last week. <laughs> <laughs> Felt good to finally get a win. Yeah, I know. Right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then and then and then I was watching the Virginia score going, Oh look, Virginia might win. <laughs> yeah. It's every game for them it's like, oh, they might win in, until the fourth quarter, basically. <laughs> I mean, what's going on up there, man? Those are two big time schools. Yeah, I, I mean I, I think you look, the Hokies got the win and everyone's excited about that. Now they're gonna get their butts whooped by Florida State this week, and that's gonna be tough. Uh for UVA, yeah. they're facing off against William and Mary, and I'm picking William and Mary to win that game. Oh, that's pathetic, man. That is so bad, isn't it? I mean, what what has happened up there? Yeah, no, it, it it's been it's been tough for the college football programs locally. I will say, Maryland's having a good season, you know. And, and I grew up; my mom went to, to Maryland, so I, I like the Terps, and I am impressed with the way Coach Loxley has kind of figured out how to recruit locally, but also getting five stars from around the country. Okay, hold on. Maryland does this every year. <laughs> <laughs> they start off five and zero, and then they start losing. So let's tap the brakes on Maryland. They're going to get slapped. You know, I'll, I will say this: I don't think the Buckeyes will kill them. I don't think they're capable of killing anyone right now. No, I think it's going to look. Uh, you're right. Ohio State's going to win that game, but I do think it's right. going to be close. I agree, and I think Maryland will be in it late into the fourth. I think the Buckeyes will ultimately win by ten or you know eleven or. 14 or something like that, but it's not going to be your typical 45 to seven game that you've seen out of these two, but Maryland's got a really good offense, man. Maryland is doing the best that Maryland can do in the situation they're in. Right. Like, you know what I mean? They're, 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 yeah, they're going to struggle against Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, but this year they can knock off Illinois, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Rutgers. Yeah, absolutely. They can. And they may spring one up on those three. I mean, they could beat Penn State or Michigan, too. It's, you never, they could beat Ohio State, but I doubt it'll happen, but you never know. And if it's going to happen, it'll be one of the home games, which is uh, Penn State and Michigan. 
All right, so we brought you on here to go around the NFL. I, I like to take the season one quarter of a time. We're through the first quarter of the season. Uh, and, and through the first four weeks, the Lions have been impressive. Three and one, just coming off of that 34-20 to 20 win against the Packers. Are you believing in Dan Campbell's fighting Lions? No. <laughs> it's the no, same I thing mean, every year. Huh? Uh, I'll, well, it, it's the thing with the Lions. Uh, let me just say this. Three and one is fantastic. I love Dan Campbell as a as a as a coach. I don't know that they're good enough to do anything yet. And to me, since what was the last playoff one was ninety one. I was there. I was in college. Um, until they win a playoff game, I won't believe anything because last year they had the chance to go down and get in the playoffs and lost to Carolina. Yeah, that's just par for the course. That's just how it happens. And they didn't just lose; they got manhandled. So. This year, to me, hey, great, three and one. I don't know who's going to beat them on this schedule. I mean, they got the Cowboys coming up soon, I believe, but they got Carolina, that's a win. I mean, they got the Bucks. that should be a win. Minnesota's terrible. The Bears are terrible. Those are four games. I mean, who's going to – the Packers, they just manhandled. They're they're pretty much guaranteed six wins in their division this year. It's just such a bad division. And I'm certainly looking into taking the Lions. We're doing an Odyssey NFL Survivor pool here, and it's pretty cool. I got you know all the sales guys involved. We got 22 people, and so the pot's over $200 now. I want to take the Lions as a lock against the Panthers on Sunday. Uh what other games are 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 in there? I have to say, there's 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 a lot of other games, but the thing is, is that if Bryce Young is playing quarterback, you can pretty much pick the opposing team every week. Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. You know, I don't. I don't think you could go wrong with the Lions this week. I think Carolina is just not good, and uh, and the Lions should should be able to beat them. I say that, but when I thought they should beat Seattle at home, they lost. So um, uh, they look good, but but let's let's tap the brakes because I don't think the pack is any good. I mean, they manhandled the Packers. Yeah, on Thursday night football, and this week. Uh, it's another bad team. So I, I, you probably can't go wrong there, Awad. Well, I'll tell you, Hutchinson is making a difference. I mean, the Packers, I think they ran for like 28 yards as a team. The Lions' defensive line was great in that game. Well, it's, 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 it's a testament to what one guy can do. <laughs> Hutch demands so much attention. He has to be double-teamed because the motor never stops which opens it up for guys like Bugs and last year Houston and Okwara. These guys are able to get to the quarterback because they only have to beat their man. Hutch has taken two defenders, and that's what a great edge does. You saw that with Bosa. You saw that with the other Bosa. You know, any great edge in the league, and you see that with the Watt brothers, they, they demand attention, and they're good enough to beat the double team. And when they don't beat the double team, and i got to be honest, watch Hutch. He's getting held all the time, mm-hmm. and they never flag it. I mean, he gets he gets one holding call a game. There could be ten. Um, he's got an endless motor, man. This is a guy who's he could potentially have been the guy to change the trajectory of the Michigan program two years ago and of the Lions this year. It's Greg Henson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. And, Greg, you know what's nice is the last few weeks we've got a a bunch of female listeners because all the Swift fans, all the Taylor Swift fans, the Swifties, are tuning into the NFL. Do you have a hot take on Taylor Swift watching football now? (laughs) 
Let me just tell you this. I love her. Oh, I love really? <laughs> I think she's great. I love that kid. But here's the thing. These pregame shows and these broadcasts go so over the top, it pisses people off. It's yeah. the same thing with Deion Sanders. No one hates Deion Sanders. I'm sure tired of the endless, breathless coverage of it, though, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good that's I, a good I just point. don't care. Yeah. But, but I, I love Taylor Swift. I, I buy, I'd buy her records. I would pay face value to see her in concert. I'm not paying $12,000. And, and I, here's the thing, though. Did you notice the first commercial on, uh, on Sunday Night Football this week? No, no. It was for her movie. Oh. <laughs> because oh. she's doing the ears to her movie, and yeah. they did a commercial for it right out of the open. And that made me wonder if this thing's real or not. Because Travis Kelsey's ugly. <laughs> I mean, his brother's I mean, certainly would, ugly, yeah. <laughs> right, but he's at least a fun lineman, a big lovable lug. Yeah. Kelsey's kind of a dork. As, <laughs> and then did you see Aaron Rodgers call him Mr. Pfizer? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Rodgers is just taking I mean, shots, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. But I guess they're good friends, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Jimmy I, yeah, it, it is a funny situation, but I, I will say Travis Kelsey didn't show up in the second half of that game. So part of me thinks that maybe he was nervous with all the celebrities in the crowd. Or he's getting rubbery legs from all those times with Taylor. <laughs> always tell you, no women before football games. No one listens. <laughs> uh, Greg, this was fun, man. Great stuff. Good catching up. I guess he's got to shake it off, man. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, don't forget, we're getting that big alarm at 220, okay? Yeah, I know. We were just talking about it. Why didn't they do 222? <laughs> like, it would have been so much better. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why they do half of what they do, but you know what's going to happen, right? You got, if, if you got vaccinated, the tinfoil hatters say it's going to activate um, – it's going to activate something in your arm and turn you into a zombie, so you see, better turn your phone off. See, I thought it was a test to tell us that there's aliens that are living among us here. <laughs> one, of, one of those aliens well, used you to produce be, this show. You know? <laughs> that's true. Unless, unless you want to be Rick Grimes, you better shut this phone off right now. It, it will. If you shut it off, it'll go off as soon as you turn it back No on. way. It, it's going off no matter what. Oh, man. Well, then I'm never turning my phone on again because I don't want to be a zombie today. <laughs> Not today, zombie. All right, Greg. I'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833 804 833-804-0910. It is 2.15 here on a Wednesday, which means it's time to bring in the czar, Gary Hess. What is happening? What's going on? Happy October. Yeah, I know. Did you know there was playoff baseball yesterday? Why is nobody talking about that? I, I talked about it this morning, yesterday morning, and watched some of it. So yeah. What was to... the best game? I actually didn't watch any minute. Well, um, the best game was probably, well, the best game to me was the Phillies game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was very happy that Wheeler uh, pitched well. I would say the Arizona-Milwaukee game. Milwaukee jumped up 3-0. Arizona tied it at 3. And then the bullpen held it down from there. And then they, they went ahead and won 6-3. That was probably probably the best game. So there will be ga- baseball games today, midday, and then tomorrow as well. This afternoon and tonight, game twos. 
Now, if all the teams that won yesterday win today, then there won't be any games tomorrow. Correct. But, you know. That rarely happens. That rarely <laughs> happens. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, the second season has, has begun. So but we bring you in to talk high school football. Indeed. So Sorry. let's get in the car and drive. How are the roads looking? Get out of the way, damn it. Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. All right, what do you got coming up on the Thursday walkthrough? The walkthrough, well, the commander's playing Thursday. Uh-huh. So the Thursday walkthrough, today is the Wednesday version of the Thursday walkthrough. Oh, very cool. 6 p.m. tonight. So 6 p.m. tonight, uh, me and Coach Chris and Steve Adams will be in studio, and uh, we'll uh, take a look at last week and uh, look at this coming week. And uh, we have a couple of coaches on tonight. We have... Uh, Glenn Allen coach Perry Jones scheduled to join us, coming off their huge win over Douglas Freeman, and Hopewell coach Ricky Irby, uh, the Blue Devils, solidly in the in our top ten, and our um, their only loss so far is at Dinwiddie, and you know teams, plenty of teams. Plenty of good teams lose at Dinwiddie. So, uh, Hopewell's off to a great start to the season. So, we'll be visiting with those two coaches and. Who knows what else we'll be talking about tonight? Six to seven, right here on Sports Radio nine ten The Fan, and on the Odyssey app. And the top ten poll came out. The high school football top ten poll that we do with Lane Casadante, CBS six nine ten The Fan high school football coaches poll. Dinwiddie slipping a little bit. Well, Dinwiddie lost last week uh, to Thomasdale. They fell to three and three. You know they've lost to three good teams, but still three and three. And so they fell to sixth. Um, you know, Tom, you can't rank Tom them ahead of Thomas Dale. And so Holland Springs, Manchester, Verona, and Trinity Episcopal are ahead of them. So Dinwiddie's still going to be formidable in the division four playoff picture. But uh I think, you know, you got Benedictine and Dinwiddie, Trinity, Verona, Manchester, Thomas Dale, and Holland Springs. I think right now they're the clear top seven in whatever order you put them. And the first VHSL state rankings came out, and how did the local teams fare? Okay, so I won't go through all of it. We'll go to it, through it in more detail tonight on the show, so uh, tune in. But in uh, in Class 6A, Thomas Dale is number one. Highland Springs is number two. Uh, Glen Allen, Manchester, and then a couple of the beach teams, you don't get in until the five and six spots. Oscar Smith is three and two. So uh, how that, you know, that's the battle for home field. The number one seed in that region gets home field through three rounds of the playoffs. So that's pretty important. In uh, five, in class five, Hermitage is currently number one, then Matoica two, and a lot of still shaking out to go here with Bird, Midlow, Freeman, Goblin, some of them. But uh, Hermit is the top spot there. In Division 4B, King George and Eastern View from out of the Metro are at the top spot. Verina is the top-ranked local team at uh, at third. And we mentioned Hopewell in, in Division 3 Region A is currently in that number one spot, which means three te- they could play three home games and then go to the state semifinals if things go according to plan for the Blue Devils between now and then. That's Gary Hess. I'm Adam Epstein. We're driving down Richmond Highway here talking some high school football locally in Richmond, Virginia. What is the high school football game of the week? We've got Hermitage at Freeman, 
and both teams have one loss. Freeman was 5-0 and and got handled by Glenn Allen last week. How will Freeman bounce back? Freeman-Hermitage is, is a pretty healthy rivalry, and so very excited to see uh, you know, which one of these two teams can take it, continue with just one loss on the schedule in the quest to get at least one home game in that Division Five playoff bracket. Gary, I'd love to always ask you, who do you want to spotlight this week? You know, I want to spotlight first and foremost Dallas Chavis. He is the running back for Glenn Allen. You know, Glenn Allen came in four and one. Freeman was undefeated. Uh, if you know, Freeman was clearly favored in this game going over to Glenn Allen, but Glenn Allen dominated. Dominated. Uh 35-7 was the final. And it's one of those games, you know how it goes where no matter how good you are, a couple things go wrong. It snowballs, and all of a sudden the game's gotten away from you. That's what happened to Freeman. But all credit to to the Jaguars. Uh, Dallas Chavis, 13 carries, 152 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, you know, surprised he only got 13 carries. Maybe give him the rock a little more. But, yeah, Glenn Allen improves to 4-1 and one with a very impressive win. Uh, also want to mention uh, Riley Justice, the quarterback at Matoica, Uh Matoica lost its first game to Warhill, who's still undefeated, so they're pretty good. But they've rattled off four in a row, and uh, Riley Justice against Meadowbrook, 7 of 12, 130 yards and four touchdowns. Seven Mm. completions, four of them went for touchdowns. Matoica this week plays Thomas Dale on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. That's going to be a game uh, to keep an eye on. One of those games definitely to watch this week. And speaking of Thomas Dale... I want to give you credit. I'm I'm excited for this interview that you're going to do later today. Yeah, I'm heading down to Thomas Dale later today to sit down with quarterback Ethan Minter, who's gone for the season, just had knee surgery. Uh, his run as a four-year starter has come to an end for Thomas Dale. I'm going to sit down with him, chat with him a little bit about kind of his career, looking ahead to UVA, uh, and you know, and what is ahead of him in terms of rehab and and recovery. Uh, and that will run at halftime on Friday night. What when did he commit to UVA? It's been uh, it was sometime uh, during the off season or last year. It's been a while, and he's pretty firm in that commitment to UVA because it's about uh, the academic part of UVA is important to him as well. And I believe even though he's played quarterback, I think as of now they're targeting him as a defensive back in Charlottesville. High school football walkthrough is tonight at 6 p.m., right. not Thursday. Don't be fooled by the fact that it's called the Thursday walkthrough. Yeah, it's I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be like, man, tomorrow's Friday, isn't it? It's the Wednesday <laughs> version of the Thursday walkthrough, courtesy of the Commanders being on on uh, on Thursday night. That's a good reason to step aside. And so we'll do Thursday this week, and then uh, Friday night, Hermitage at Freeman, 630, right here on Sports Radio 910 The Fan, the Odyssey app, and at thefanrichmond.com. Lastly, we started a few weeks ago. I asked you, who's the best quarterback in Richmond? Then I said, well, who's the best running back? Do we know who's the best defensive back? Is there a, a corner or a safety that sticks out locally here? Boy, you got to give me more. Got to give me more advanced notice <laughs> on this, dude. Um, there are great DBs all over the place, and uh, I'd what have, about um, uh, Lauren Johnson's son at Highland Springs? He's a linebacker. Okay. He's a linebacker. He's pretty darn good, though. His son, who's now in Blacksburg, was a corner. Gotcha. Last year, uh, and now he's uh, wearing number eight in uh, burnt orange and Chicago maroon. So, um, the you know, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to get back to you on that, and uh, and do a little reconnaissance to make sure I don't miss anyone. Um, 
uh, tell you one I can give you. Andre Clark Jr. is playing for Hermitage. going to be in our game Friday night. He plays wide receiver and defensive back, and he is a pretty much four-star, five-star level recruit. That's a guy that would be in the discussion, but uh, I'm not going to coronate him just yet because I'd have to think about it, look at the landscape of the whole area before I make that proclamation. Do you think that we're seeing a trend of more two-way players? You know, Travis Hunter at Colorado is making a lot of headlines. You know, I think we're seeing it more. You might see it a little more often in college. I don't know that you saw it on a regular basis. I think back to, um, you know, like Charles Woodson, Deion he, Sanders, when he, obviously. Right? When Charles Woodson was at Michigan, you know, he he won a Heisman Trophy as a two-way player. Um, you know, Desmond Howard uh, was a two-way player a little bit. Uh, and 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 Deion Sanders comes to mind. Bo, you know, the, you know, there are a lot of different guys. But having said all of that, I don't think it's going to be the norm in college. I think you see a lot of it in high school just purely based on numbers. Yeah. And, and it's kind of uh, – Interesting. Billy Mills, the coach at Dinwiddie, told me, talking about Harry Dalton, has been after him to play defense. So he plays a little defense. He goes, but um, he said more often than not, you know, Harry Dalton on defense is break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's got to be tough, though, if you have a superstar athlete and he's, you know, succeeding so well at one position, but he's like, hey, I want to win. Put me on the field, coach. Right. And, the, but then, you know, then it becomes the, um, do you increase the exposure to injury right. for a kid who is a high-level D1 recruit, you know, for Harry Dalton with offers from an Alabama? And do they have the stamina to go both ways? Right, exactly. And, you know, they probably do, but, you know, you know, I, you know, y- you see plenty of it. Um, you know, I think of Kyrie Richardson at, at Manchester who plays wide receiver and defensive back. You, you, you see it some, at some schools at high school level on the line of scrimmage as well. Just because of numbers, you got mm-hmm. guys going O line, D line. Yeah. So it is, um, or tight end and and linebacker. Makai Byerson, who I believe is committed to West Virginia, this one of the stars at Manchester, plays uh, defensive end and and some tight end. He's not an every down two way player, but he's definitely a two way player. So I think you see quite a bit of it at the high school level, and you have for a while. In fact, it's noteworthy when somebody plays full two platoon football. Because then you have the the stamina and can wear opponents down theoretically. Gary, great stuff as always, man. Always good to uh, to see you. Let's do it again next week. Yep, that was drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar Gary Hess here on AWOD Radio. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, your home for the Virginia Tech Hokies. And they will be on ABC this Saturday, facing off against the fifth-ranked team in the country, top team in the ACC, the Florida State Seminoles. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline to go around the ACC is the ACC beat writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Mike Barber. What's going on, Mike? Not a whole lot. Good to talk to you again. What game are you hitting this weekend? So I'll be here for Virginia and William and Mary. David Teal's going to go down to to Tallahassee and brave the humidity for uh, that matchup. uh, We we both had the chance to see Virginia Tech play last weekend. 
and uh, and I think for, I, I think I can speak for him when I say we were both pretty encouraged by what we saw. Absolutely. So let's get to the game that you're covering, though. UVA against William and Mary, and I've had this game circled for a while. Uh, it should be a good one. But I was surprised that William and Mary lost last week to Elon. What went wrong for them? Yeah, I think it's been what's been the story all year. They're kind of one-dimensional offensively. They haven't gotten great quarterback play, which is surprising because uh, they had a returning quarterback. They felt good at that position. Uh, they felt good with some of their targets, but uh, they just have not been very good throwing the football. They've been very committed to running the ball. Uh, maybe that's at the expense of the pass game at times, uh, but I think offensively they, they need to diversify and be a little more uh, multiple offensively if they're going to get where they want to go this year. Who do we uh, think is going to start at quarterback for UVA? Oh, I think Tony Muskett's the guy. He looked good in the first half, three touchdown passes. Uh, it was the whole offense that went cold in the second half at Boston College. I don't know that that was a Musket problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tony Musket is, is the guy kind of going forward, and uh, you know, I think he showed in that first half why they were so high on him. No, I agree. I just uh, I want to see Calandria, and it's it's kind of become a personal thing with me here, where I believe that if the program is going to be successful moving forward, then they need to give Calandria the playing time. But you're right. I mean, Musket did look good against Boston College. Has Tony Elliott spoken any more about Calandria? Yeah, you know, and I spoke with Anthony yesterday at practice. Um, you know, this is, I think it's a good situation for Anthony, right? The thought process coming in was that Tony Musket was going to start for two years. Anthony Calandria was going to play behind him and, um, you know, by that second, third year, be ready to kind of take over the job. And I think that's where we're at. You know, I think Tony Musket looked good. I think Tony Musket will be the quarterback the rest of the way. And if he plays well, he'll be the favorite to start again next year in, in his final year of eligibility. Um, and then Anthony Calandria, a rookie, has all this experience under his belt. That's exactly uh, what I'm writing about for tomorrow's paper is, you know, this is only good that Anthony Calandria started three games, got this experience way ahead of schedule. Um, he'll be more ready when, when it is his turn to assume that role. And you make a great point there, and I'm certainly definitely going to check out the article on Richmond.com. But, you know, we're also in the era of the transfer portal. Could, could you make the case that Calandria is going to have offers at the end of this season? I'm sure he will. I just, it's, and again, that is a risk, I suppose. I just don't get the vibe from this kid that I don't think he came here thinking he was going to be the starting quarterback this year. I think Mm -hmm. he came here, uh, and if he got the chance to play, that was going to be great. And I think while all the fans look at it as as sort of a negative, and now Calandria's name's out there, and someone's going to lure him away, uh, and maybe they're right, I think it's all positive. Anthony Calandria came to Virginia hoping to be able to play next year or the year after, and he's already gotten a chance to be on the field and to get that experience. To me, the kid's happier and more content at Virginia uh, than I would have even predicted because I would have expected him just to be holding a clipboard. Mike Barber with us here on the Adid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline covering the ACC for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And you write a bunch of great articles. I'm wondering who's going to write the thesis on what happened to Brennan Armstrong's arm? He was now replaced at NC State. Yeah, it's been wild, right? And, and really, he's never been the same quarterback since getting injured against BYU. And, and I don't know if that's a physical thing, a mental thing, just an unlucky thing. Um, but the reality is also, this is not a very good NC State team. And, and that was my concern when Brennan went there. And everybody talked about Brennan Armstrong and his experience and his big arm and Robert and I and their offense. But 
the reality is that there's not much they can do without any weapons. They don't have people to throw the ball to. They can't run the football. The line has not been great. Uh, there are a lot of the problems, really, at NC State that were here at Virginia in Bronco Mendenhall's first season. Uh, and the difference is we didn't really know about Kurt Bankert, and he went on to be a pretty good player. And I think people have these expectations for Armstrong, but the reality is he had one great year. He's not been good since the injury, and this team that he's on is, is not going to elevate him. It's, he doesn't have a good cast around him. Going around the ACC, and there's a good one, 7.30 on ABC, Notre Dame against Louisville. And, and I've become a, a Sam Hartman fan. I, I mean, it's like he's a hunk, and I don't know why, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter of his, and, and the Irish have been fun to watch. I think they should be undefeated. Can't believe they only had 10 men on, on the field two weeks ago. Is this going to be an easy victory for them against Louisville? I don't think so. I, I don't think anything's going to come particularly easy to this team. I, I like Notre Dame. I think they're very good. But I think you saw against Duke, like, this is a team that's going to have to pull out close games. And some weeks they will, as they did against Duke. Some weeks they won't, Ohio State. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the trajectory of Notre Dame this year. Louisville, to me, is the surprise in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, they were one of three teams going into the year, Louisville, Syracuse, and Pittsburgh, that I just didn't have a good feel for. Um, I thought any of them could be very good or be terrible. Uh, Pittsburgh certainly has gone the terrible direction. Syracuse has been pretty good. Louisville's been outstanding. So um, I think this has a chance to be a good ball game again, um, like we saw with, with Duke-Notre Dame. Um, I still think Notre Dame wins this one. But Louisville, to me, is, is legit and, and I think you know, has a chance to, to really be in, in the running there for that number two spot in the ACC. Follow Mike Barber on social media, RTD underscore Mike Barber, and read his work online, Richmond.com, ACC writer for Richmond Times-Dispatch. And we mentioned it earlier, vibes are high right now in Blacksburg after that big win against Pittsburgh, but problem, the game's not in Blacksburg. And the problem, Florida State's hot this year, 4-0, 2-0 in the ACC. Uh, one of the top teams in the country. I, I love uh, the way Jordan Travis has played this season. What's your breakdown of this contest? Yeah, it's funny. I've been asked probably 100 times this week if Virginia Tech turned the corner uh, <laughs> with the way they played against Pittsburgh. And I said, yeah, they turned the corner. The problem is they ran right smack into a wall around the other side. Uh, this is just a bad scheduling break for the Hokies because I thought they played outstanding against Pittsburgh. I think they'll play well in Tallahassee, uh, and I hope that they're able to keep some momentum, because the rest of their schedule, I think, are games that they'll be competitive in. This is not one of those. I think Florida State defensively is outstanding at every level. Uh, I think their defensive line is going to give Virginia Tech's offensive line trouble. I think their linebackers are going to be playmakers. I think they're going to do a better job uh, corralling Bashal Tootin than Pittsburgh did. And I think their secondary uh, is dynamic, not just covering guys, but making plays on the football. I really, really like that Florida State defense. And then offensively, you mentioned Jordan Travis has been outstanding. They have athletes there. Uh, Johnny Wilson is a matchup nightmare with his height at wide receiver. I just think this is not a game that um, there was any amount of momentum that Virginia Tech could use to kind of carry through. The question is, can they play well enough in this game to feel good coming home? Because after that, I think with what we saw Saturday against Pittsburgh, uh, this is a team that can still pull some victories out down the stretch. Mike, can you believe we are just three weeks away from ACC tip-off? Basketball season around the corner. 
I would say no, except I've got basketball on my TV from a game from last year, and I've got basketball on my second monitor here as I'm talking to you because <laughs> I'm working I'm working on some UVA basketball stuff and a feature on Jordan Minor, the transfer from Merrimack. But you're right. It's wild to be in the fall and coaching my, my son's uh, under-six soccer team oh. and at the same time at the same time, be getting ready for college basketball. I love that, man. Coaching. So are you teaching the kids offsides, or are they too young for that? I think they're too young for basically everything we're teaching them. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty adorable, but basically they've got a great setup here where I live in, in Albemarle County. We play half of the day we spend practicing, uh, kind of drills, learning to pass to each other and things like that. And then we split the kids up and play some games. Uh, after that and somebody asked me how I did the first week I said I think I went 32 and 34 because it felt like there was almost 70 games going on the little field because (laughs) you know we threw a couple extra balls out and the kids kind of did their own thing but it's been a a lot of fun and um, it's a good part of fall that that's awesome to hear Mike thanks for joining the show man thanks for having me you're listening to AWOD radio on the fan don't go anywhere don't change that dial I'll be right back Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. We've been having a lot of fun on the show today, Stubb. And uh, we got a special guest, Brian, the traffic reporter, a.k.a. the traffic director. Traffic director. Is in the building once again. Do you get upset when I call you the traffic reporter? I think it's a great bit. Yeah. Is it bit season? It is bit season. It's always it bit season. With me in the room, it obviously is. So what did you come <laughs> up here with today? I brought you mail. This is some uh, A listener sent this to me? Josh, he has written his memoirs, and we didn't even know it. Yeah, right. So his, <laughs> so his publisher sent a book in, so the mail. It, it's shipped to WRNL, 910 The Fan, Adam Epstein. I'm going to unbox this on air. I will say, a listener sent me a gift when I was working for the Junkies. I unboxed it on air, and it, it exploded with <laughs> confetti. <laughs> And it, and it was so embarrassing, and I got freaking, uh, like, sparkles all over my body for, like, the next two days. So Is we're going to unbox this on air. Do we have a drum roll? Maybe you could just make one with your hands here. There we go. There we go. All right. What is this? Oh, it's a book. Yeah. Oh, oh they sent me Roland Lazenby, author of Michael Jordan, The Life. It is Magic, The Life of Magic Johnson. All right. Wow. They sent me a copy of the book. This must be a new book. Yeah, it's come, it comes out October 24th. Wow, Nobody you're has this. Wow. This is nice. awesome. Magic, the life of Irving Magic Johnson. Uh, so they, they gave me press information. Maybe I could get the, the author on the show. Now, I have been a big Magic Johnson supporter my entire life. Loved him with the Lakers. But now I'm the biggest Magic Johnson fan on the planet. Because he's involved in Commander's ownership. I wonder if there's a Commander's mention in the uh, back of the book there. Yeah, I know. You know, is there an article? Is there... Oh my goodness! He personalized it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how cool! How good would that have been? Oh wow! So now I've got some extra reading. Is it? A, is there a page for each of the mistresses? Is he, did he write about each mistress? It's gonna be a pretty thick book. There's gonna be a whole chapter about cooking. That's you know that. Of course. Yeah. Wow. So this is awesome. So I've been watching Winning Time. So I've been seeing the behind the scenes of Magic's career. That's awesome. Exclusive interviews from Jeannie Buss. Oh, Ooh. nice. Oh, that's my, my friend's aunt. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right, you get us some Lakers tickets. Get <laughs> on that, stub. Get on. Jeannie Buss? Does that mean your friend's also related to Jerry Buss? Maybe. Her her <laughs> uncle is in Smash Mouth, so 
Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> other other side of the family. Which one of them dated uh, Phil Jackson? Was Jeannie it? Buss. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I know, right? She's the owner of the Lakers. She's dating the Hall of Fame coach. A little, a little sketchy. All right. It is National Taco Day, so we wanted to do an impromptu dude food on AWOD Radio. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude! Food! Do you have a go-to taco spot in Richmond? Either of you guys. Go-to taco spot. I'd have to say... Used to be Moe's. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's. I think that's like, like a, that's a chain though. It is. <laughs> it is. I know. Boca Taco on the south side has a spot. It's right over there off of Forest Hill Avenue. Okay. It's a little hole in the wall place. It's delicious. Really? Yeah. It is really good. That's the only one I've been to that's not chain. I guess. So, so. there's a place called TBT El Gallo or El Gallo. Uh, they used to be just a food truck. And they actually delivered to my apartment for one of our happy hours. It was terrific. And then I went back to their brick-and-mortar location that's now on Cary Street near VCU. Really good tacos there. Really good tacos there. Uh, Don't Look Back a good one in Scott's Edition for late night. We always talk about Ensu Boca. I love tacos. But, Brian, I've been saying on my show, I am out on getting tacos for dinner because I'm a big boy, big okay, belly. Right. Tacos don't fill me up. I'll have three of them or four of them, and I'm like – Fiending for late night food. I need another <laughs> snack after a taco. So that's why I've been saying out on tacos, yeah, in on I, burritos. Because I, I had don't look back for dinner one night, yeah. and it was like three tacos. That's not enough food. Yeah, not enough. You got, and then you got to get an appetizer, and then that's like a whole. Then it's a whole thing. thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, Brian, do you are you pro guac or anti guac? Uh, I am anti that. Really? Yeah, I am. Oh. I like the sour cream. I love to load up on onions on most any food, uh-huh. but especially on like something like a taco where it's kind of you know. Gives it a little bit of flavor. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm all in on white onions. Don't get me anything pickled, though. Like, we yeah. went out yesterday, and my friend took advantage of all the free accoutrements, right, that you could get on top. He got pickled jalapenos, pickled onions, uh, pickled asparagus. It was like, oh, what? I didn't even know they pickled yeah, that. Just, he was just getting on top of just it. Just give me ground beef and cheese. Yeah? And I'm happy. You're easy? I'm easy. What kind of, do you need Mexican cheese? Do you like queso cheese? I mean, I, I love a queso, but yeah. uh, anything. We're pro cheese here. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. We are very pro cheese show. Uh, So it is National Taco Day, but this whole month is actually, what is it? It's pizza month. It's pizza month. Oh, So we got to turn on the pizza sign here. Oh, that's right. We have a pizza sign in the studio. Yeah, because the pizza's always banging on AWOD radio. I'm going to need to get some pizza this weekend for sure. Yeah. Because I was sick last weekend. It was so lame watching the Commanders game under my covers, freezing cold. This weekend, I'm doing it big. I'm doing pizza and wings. Yeah. Gonna have a watch party. I, I had just uh, uh, on this weekend. I had a pizza lasagna from from my favorite restaurant in Richmond right now, Ariana's. Oh my gosh. It, it, <laughs> I've been there before. I love That's that a place. Late night spot. I love that place. <laughs> I'm in bed then usually. <laughs> so how was this pizza lasagna? It it was more bread than pasta. It was yeah. more pizza than lasagna. Okay. If any, it it was a calzone with like cheese on top. Now here's what I will say though. I'm not the biggest lasagna fan, and I could be wrong here. Is it ricotta cheese that goes on lasagna? Oh, I don't know. Because that's the one cheese that I'm... I like my cheeses to be yellow. I'm not a biggest fan of white oh, cheese. Oh, I love a white cheese. You like a white Anything cheese? Anything that isn't made by Kraft, I'll eat. <laughs> that's pretty good. Do you have, any, do you have a go-to pizza spot in town, Brian? 
You know, there used to be a really cool place right by my house out off of uh, Gaten Road called J. Rocco's, and it survived. I'll tell you this. It survived the entire pandemic. I was like, this is my go-to spot once a week. Great pizza. Cheap. Take it right home. He's got it ready in 15 minutes. Take it right home. Eat it. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I go over there one day. I noticed it's closed. I was like, suppose just on vacation. <laughs> it was gone. Oh, really? And I was like, this is the one local spot that I love, and it's closed. I don't know what happened to the Morgan Heights Furniture Store. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Anyway. But oh, I, I'll have to find a new place. Yeah, to, uh, I've done, like, late night at Benny's before or in Belmont. I, I love a late night slice. It's just yeah. my yep. favorite thing. I, I always say, if I go out, all right, if I'm not coming home with a lady, I'm coming home with a slice of pizza. I'm not. It was not coming home alone. All right, so, that's so how, what's the what's the pizza to lady ratio for you, <laughs> bro? That's not a ratio anymore. He's pretty. Yeah. He's pretty greasy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm licking my fingertips a lot because I'm eating greasy pizza. By the way, greasy pizza is delicious at Wegmans. I don't know. You don't live near one, but it is really pretty good in there. And you get a slice, and it's really greasy. Yeah. But man, is it good? Wegmans pizza is good. Also, Whole Foods has some really good pizza. I'm gonna teach you guys a little trick. My friend taught me this. Talking about pizza. When you reheat pizza, all right, or anything in the microwave, I just learned this, and I've been using it a ton now. Put a glass of water in the microwave, and it, like, soaks. Have you tried this before? I've not tried it because I, I don't want to put that much work in, but I've yeah. heard. I did it last night, and now it gets rid of the grease. It's like all the yeah. grease goes into the water. Are you, are you a napkin dabber? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> My napkin dabber. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? My roommate is, and I was watching him do it. My dad's from New York. The, the napkins right. getting all over the pizza, and it, just eat the grease. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah, disgusting. It's not gonna kill you. No, I will say though, but I will take like olives off my pizza. Uh, I don't Never. do that. I like mushrooms, sausage, pepperoni, chicken, bacon, and extra cheese. That's that's all the go-to toppings. I don't need anything yeah, else. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good set. Yep, Brian, how's the traffic? Am I going to be able to get home in ten minutes? You should be able to, yes. Yes, yes. As the traffic director here at 910 <laughs> The Fan. You're running at a good time of day where there's no traffic. Are you going to any high school games this weekend? I may head out to Glen Allen since it's right up the street from the radio station, and I don't like to drive across town like to Dinwiddie, for example, what yeah. we're talking about. Well, that'll be a good game. Brian, thanks for stopping by. You've been listening Thank to you. AWOD Radio. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.